Not only are we going to New Hampshire, we're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona and North Dakota and New Mexico. We're going to California and Texas and New York. We're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Hey, welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. Hope you're having a, a fantastic day. Got a great segment here lined up for you with Stuart Sloan and president of SIG Consulting. I'm Sean McGuire here, and we're going to be talking about clinical trials and costs to begin, Stuart. We reported last week uh, ex- exclusively on the issue of drugs and drug costs, so uh, clinical trials ha- ha- has a role to play in the whole uh, pharmaceutical uh, industry. Let's uh, help listeners understand uh, what clinical trials might be, and uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe they could... Uh, decide if it's something that they might be even be interested in participating in, uh, and then looking at the costs of, uh, of creating uh, therapies and bringing them to market. Yeah, this is a very important topic, and <clears throat> as far as the prescription drug area, we're going to save the last segment today mm-hmm. for that because uh, it is so important to, to all of the listeners. Um, <clears throat> a government listing of clinical trials doesn't disclose all the cost to patients. Sometimes patients, because of their illnesses, search for for new treatments, new therapies that may be available, uh, even on a trial basis. And when you search uh, for a clinical trial, uh, which potential you know treatment uh, on on human subjects, uh, you one of the the largest areas you go to is the government run site, uh, which is clinicaltrials.gov. And it focuses on various types of therapies that may be available uh, on, on, on a trial basis. Um, it, but when you, you inquire, <clears throat> the screener asks for a long list of questions and then sometimes drops a bomb, which, uh, which is that the, the person has to pay for the associated costs. Uh, one example that I found this past week was uh, someone who, who went to this uh, this trial uh, at, at this government website, and a screener told them that their potential charge was fourteen thousand oh. dollars, which which surprises a lot of people. Uh, and so the screener further suggested that this person could raise the money uh, as o- other callers had through family and friends in an online GoFundMe, which is another web website mm-hmm. uh, campaign. Most trials are free, and some even pay people to participate. The clinicaltrials.gov website, run by the National Institutes of Health, is the most comprehensive such database available to the public in the United States. It lists more than 210,000 clinical studies, but uh, you're exposed to some of these these little-known limitations. When you ask about any one in particular that you find, it doesn't not require the trial sponsors to disclose the charges to patients and does not even independently vet the listings. They just list the Mm. trials that are available. Wow. 
So people could be in for a shock if they don't do the research and, and find out what it costs? Yeah, well, it's like anything else, Sean. You know, you have to ask the questions, you know, to get the right answers. Mm -hmm. Some ethicists and other experts uh, said that if trial sponsors require participants to pay, the government website ought to let people know this. Yeah, I agree. Great point that you identified. I think maybe we could look at that a uh, little bit deeper in, in the future and, and uh, spend a whole segment on that because that's important. But I want to keep us moving. Mm -hmm. uh, for uh, We're going to go talk about telehealth and medical costs. Uh, we're going to probably just glance over it here. To, we'll go through it here quickly. But if you want more as a listener on the issue of telehealth, make sure to check out our seg segment that Stuart and I did a few weeks ago telehealth what's in it for me on our soundcloud page but uh Stuart, you you have uh, some thoughts on telehealth and medical costs don't you yeah i want to just hold on to that because that's really our next segment let's finish out here with uh with dental uh dental uh, you know treatment and dental x-rays um dental hygiene uh, sometimes tell you uh you've undoubtedly heard while you're sitting there in the chair would you like bite whitening x-rays it's been a year since your last one your insurance will cover them annually. Mm -hmm. The easy answer isn't necessarily the right one. Uh, do I really need bite whitening x-rays every single year? The American Dental Association says you don't. Uh, adults without apparent dental problems do not need dental x-rays of any kind every year. Adults who properly care for their teeth and have no symptoms of oral disease or cavities can go two or three years between bite whitening x-rays, according to, uh, to the Dental Association. So, you know, uh, it's like anything else, you know, sell, 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 sell. Uh, the, the purchaser or the patient in this case has got to ask the question, do I really need this? Do I really need to spend the money? Because in certain dental plans, there's coinsurance or co-pays. Is it really a necessity for my dental health uh, in terms of me spending the dollars this year, particularly... When dollars are tight in some household, and particularly when you look at the rest of what you're spending for health care, you know, it's a big number. The other thing I just want to, you know, comment on this uh, as far as out-of-pocket costs, uh, what the ACA did, uh, and listeners need to know, is that you could not deduct more, you could not deduct your medical expenses unless they were greater than 7.5% of adjusted gross income. Mm -hmm. The ACA moved that now to 10%. So as we're finishing this, Sean, you were talking about you know dental x-rays and dental health and other expenses. I guess you really have to question, when you go for treatment of any kind, is this really medically necessary? Do I really need to spend this money? Will it really contribute to my health this year? Is it an expense that I really need to incur? Fantastic. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. How do we want to handle the, these last two? Because we're going to have to take a time out here shortly, and I want to leave enough time for definitely number eight. Did yep. you want to um, get into these other ones or try and combine them into one last segment? Uh, no, let's let's get into a, a few of these others here so we can leave, you know, the last one for the last one. Okay, all right. So telehealth was uh, was the next on our list. Uh, yeah. You have a lot to say about that, don't you? Oh, I sure do. Uh after years of big promises, telehealth is, is really living up to its potential. You know, driven by faster internet connections, smartphones, changing insurance standards, more health providers are turning to electric, electronic communications. 
uh, you know, uh, doctors and patients are talking to each other electronically. They're making split-second uh, decisions on heart attacks and strokes. Patients are using new devices to relay their blood pressure, heart rate, other vital signs to their doctors so they can manage chronic conditions at home. Uh, it's, it's a greater use of this, both on a personal basis and also at the workplace. More employers are using some form of telehealth you know, at the workplace today. Yes, it's a great, great benefit and something that uh, we highly recommend. Definitely. All right. Last uh, topic here. Um, this segment is um, the big concern of diagnostic medical tests. You brought it up, some of it with uh, dental x-rays. Um, any other uh, things that the listeners need to know about uh, the, these these important tests? Yeah. In other words, besides tests, the 91% of the population is now covered by some form of health insurance. The next big debate in, in health policy is about the adequacy of coverage and the rising payments for deductibles and their impact on family budgets and access to care. Mm -hmm. This is not only about Obamacare, but also the many more people who get their insurance through their employer. Payment towards deductibles by consumers who have insurance through large employers rose 256% from 2004 to today, Mm. the same period, while wages only increased 32%. So, yeah, out-of-pocket expenses, deductibles, coinsurance, copayments, and all the rest, this and, and tests and whether you need to go and pay for, for tests is really an expense that you really need to incur. Yeah. Yeah, this is something that's, that, that is huge. Uh, we're up against the timeout. Uh, you got anything else to, to add on these, these topics, Stuart? Well, Not really. Let's, let's uh, take it. Uh, the, the last one is, is really important. Yes, the gorilla in healthcare spending. How does prescription drug costs affect all insurance? Something that uh, you're definitely not going to want to miss when we come back on America's Healthcare Challenge. For this segment and others, check out our SoundCloud page. Just type in America's Healthcare Challenge. should be pretty easy to find because there's over 600 segments just like this one on there. And we'll be right back. 